Welcome to Zion Hill, where we make our world a better place. tuning in and worshiping with us on today. Until next time, we'll see you at the top. And we'd like to welcome our first time guests. If any in the house, welcome. Don't let this be your last visit. And if you're looking for a church home, Zion Hill is good ground, amen. And at the end of the service, you can pick up a gift that Zion Hill has for you. Let us go before the throne of God. Heavenly Father, we come thanking you for this day because this is the day that you have made and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, no matter what the trials and tribulations are, some of us are burdened, Father. Some of us are carrying heavy loads, but we come casting our cares upon you because we know that you careth for us. Father, we know that you are King of kings, Lord of lords, and besides you, there is no other. You are the great I am. You are our healer. You are our restorer. You are our deliverer. You are our source. And we say thank you. We ask that you would move by your spirit in this place. Deliver us and set free as only you can. Saturate yourself, your presence in this place. Breathe upon us, Father, a fresh anointing. We give you the glory, we give you the praise, and we give you the honor to whom honor is due. Because you created us, Father, and we not ourselves. We are nothing without you. We can do nothing without you. Because with you all things are possible to him that believes. Now, Father, we ask that you would just glorify yourself in this place. Show yourself strong that there may healing, deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. We choose to praise you, Father, because you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Besides you, there is no other. We put our confidence in you and not in man because you are faithful to do just what you said. So we say thank you in advance, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's stand on our feet and give God some praise. The pastor just prayed and she said we lose a spirit of praise and worship. Is there anybody here that doesn't mind praising God? I need you to make some noise. Put those hands together. Even if you're live streaming with us, go ahead and clap those hands with us like this. Yeah. To the Lion of Judah. You are my Lord and King. You are my Lord and you're the lion of Judah. Yeah. You rule over everything. You're the lion of Judah. You are the great I am. You're the lion of Judah. You rule over all the land. Help me say. 
up a scene as all song says. Come on in the room. Oh, In that room, there is joy. In that 
Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am Minister Lily B, and I am here to encourage you guys to give so it can be given back to you. Amen. And that song is evidence that God will do just what he said. Amen. I'm going to read a familiar scripture to you all. Luke 6 and 38. And it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's for all the people that love God. All right? Amen. And he will cause men to give unto your bosom. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Amen. God will do that. Amen. If you have been blessed by this ministry and want to give, we encourage you to give because giving is receiving. Let your life testify to that. Amen. Giving is receiving. If you give, God's going to give back. Amen. Online viewers may scan the QR code on the screen uh, in 273-256 and enter Zion Hill Family or go to the giving giving uh, giving tab on the church website. I'm reading this y'all. I'm, I'm trying to get myself familiar. Okay? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you thanking you right now, Lord God, for the awesome opportunity to be able to give back to you. We thank you, Lord God, that you keep us safe each and every day, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the blood of Jesus Christ that is over us continually, Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are making a way out of no way, no matter what the situation is. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us and you take care of us in all times. In Jesus' name, I pray. Urshish, you may come forth. Let me see everybody put their hands together like this. Come
Here we go, last time, so I'm leaving. Put you down. Now let's have church for a quick minute. Song says this. Say there's a limit. Say. Found it to be. Oh, come on, let's have church. Come on. Thank God for our choir. 
What a blessing. It's good to clap your hand if you want deliverance, if you want miracles, healing, salvation. Say, clap your hands. Let me seize this opportunity to welcome all of you, our guests. We appreciate everyone in the house. If you're visiting for the first time, will you please let me see your hand. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Amen. What a blessing. Will you have me thank God for all of our guests? We are grateful, grateful, grateful to see every one of you. After church today in the lobby area, we have what we call our guest center. And if you would please stop by there, we have a gift for you. That's our way of saying thank you for being at Zion Hill. We want to bless you and we encourage you and invite you to please come back to see us. Are you all happy to see our guests this morning? Amen. I want to say thank you to all of you that helped during the homegoing of some of our relatives and weddings, all kinds of things going on around here. And it's a joy that we can count on you and depend on you to help us out. We appreciate you and we say thank you. May the Lord bless you for being a blessing to somebody. Today at 3 o'clock, we have an engagement with one of our sons in the ministry, Reverend Greg Tenney. And today is his eighth pastor's anniversary. And as many of you as can come to support him, uh, please come with us. This great choir will be singing, and your pastor will be sharing and preaching. All minds clear. Thanks to those of you that came to pray this morning. It's always a good thing to pray. I learned something important yesterday. I was visiting uh, a member at the hospital. And she shared with me that not only is she keeping up with the church, but she also keep up with prayer meeting. I did not know that our prayer meeting is being live streamed. And it was very encouraging. On a hospital bed, she can still pray with the saints. So don't forget every Sunday, at 7 a.m., we have prayer going on in this house. Also, every Friday at 6 p.m., we have prayer going on in this place. Also, Monday morning <laughs> at 7 a.m., we have prayer going on. So this is a good thing for our church. We thank every one of you for your involvement in the ministry of prayer. If you have your Bible with you, will you please 
open it to the book of Numbers, chapter 20. And we're going to look at verse number 10. Let me encourage you, if you please, stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. The book of Numbers, chapter 20, verses number 10. If you find it, please say amen. The Bible says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And Moses said to all of them, Hear now, you bunch of rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the word of God. Grass may wither, flowers may fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the blueprint of life. Thank you that we have a roadmap. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Somebody's here in search of an answer for life questions. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Minister to us in a very special way. Give me an unction to teach, to preach your word. For without you, I can do absolutely nothing. Help your people to hear the word. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. Glorify yourself in this place. There's need for healing in the house. Lord, we pray that you will touch us one more time. There's need for salvation in the house. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will save somebody. There's need for increase in the house. When you show up on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people join the church. Have your way in this place. Glorify yourself in the house. This is your house. This is your church. These are your people. Do what no other man can do. Let this be an oasis of miracles, signs, and wonders. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, How to Deal with Life's Frustrations. How to Deal with Life's Frustrations. 
Not too long ago, I was reflecting and looking at the record of all the sermons I've been preaching for 25, 26 years in this house. And I noticed one thing that was so obvious. Your pastor infested a lot of time teaching you on how to how to do this, how to do that, how to pray, how to have faith, how to fast, how to succeed, how to prosper, how to get healed. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Have you wondered why your pastor is teaching you how to become? It is very important because in this journey of being a Christian, you need to do more than get saved. You need to be matured in Christ. A lot of people are saved, but they're really not growing. So when you see me talk about how to, the goal is to help somebody. The goal is to help all of us mature in Christ. The Bible expects every child of God to grow up. Paul said it this way. He said, there was a time I was acting like a child. He said, but there comes a time when I'm a grown-up man and I put away childish things. It's a dangerous thing to be a child of God, but you're not growing. In fact, it's a dangerous thing to be a child in the natural. If you have a baby that is not growing, you're going to run to the hospital. The same thing is true in the spirit. The Bible also illustrates it in a different way. It says when you are a baby, you feed on milk. But there comes a time when you need to grow up. That you can eat real meat. So the Bible, throughout the Bible, he always emphasized the importance of growing and maturing in the Lord. Yes, we want more souls. Because there are still many people who are lost. But the church is more than just getting you saved. We want to see you grow up. Jesus looked at his disciple one day. He said, before now, I call you my servant. He said, but now you have grown up to the point I call you my friend. So it's very important that all of us here grow. So today I'm going to share with you how to deal with life's frustration. What is frustration? I don't want to assume everybody knows it. Frustration comes when you find yourself unable to change things, unable to achieve your goal. Naturally, we get frustrated. It comes when you run into resistance 
It comes when you're facing opposition. Sometimes rejection. Sometimes you're trying to achieve something and, they, and you run into a concrete wall. Naturally, you get frustrated. Sometimes it may come in the form of disappointment. You apply for a job, denied. So it's natural to get frustrated. It's when something is preventing you from achieving your goal, something is blocking your way, is hindering your progress, and you're trying to succeed in life, you're doing your best to make things happen for you, your children, your family, but there's always something getting in the way. So you become frustrated. It is when the outcome you expect does not materialize. I'll give you some example. When you are involved in a relationship, everybody has some expectations. And when those expectations are not met, here you've been dating Brother Baba since 1901. And 30 years, 40 years later, he still can make up his mind whether he wants to marry you. Naturally, you become frustrated. Even in simple things, sometimes you buy a gadget and you bring it home. You try to put it together and nothing works. It's frustrating. I don't know about you, there are some people that just call you, we call it annoying calls. Here you're trying to sleep, and then they will call you and stay on the phone. You get frustrated. Now you got a picture of what frustration is. In the test that I read to your hearing today, it's about the people of Israel. You know a lot about them. They were slaves in Egypt. Am I right about it? And then the Lord delivered them. Now they found themselves on a journey to what we call promised land. And while they were traveling, remember they were traveling through desert. Somewhere along the way, they ran into some challenges. One of the challenges they ran into is lack of water. Sometimes in the desert, you look around you, there's no river, there's no source of water. So guess what happened to them? They became frustrated. So they were complaining they were murmuring, and they forced Moses, the pastor, to pray to God. And amazingly, God said, oh, no problem, we can fix this. What I want you to do, brother pastor, look around you. Did you see that rock nearby? Say, yes, I do. Well, I want you to speak 
to that rock. And when you speak to the rock and say, rock, bring forth water, water will come out of the rock. By the way, that rock is Jesus. <laughs> so all you need to do is learn to speak. We say have a little talk with Jesus. And sure enough, the, the instruction was simple, but Moses is frustrated. Why is he frustrated? Here is somebody who, who has infested his life, trying to lead the congregation. He's a pastor. I've been there, I've been in the shoe. Trying to make things happen for the church. Trying to help the community to be better. And then you find the very people you're trying to help always whining, always complaining, always murmuring. As far as Moses is concerned, he was frustrated. And I can imagine his in his conversation with God, he's saying, do you mean you're going to give water to these stiff-necked, murmuring, complaining people, rebellious? So guess what he did in his frustration? Instead of doing what God told him to do, speak to the rock, he uses his rod. I'm mad at him. And as a result, God said, because you are hitting the rock instead of speaking to it, you will never make it to the promised land. You see what happens when you allow your frustration to get the best of you. Now, I don't want you to go home condemning Pastor Moses. You put yourself in the shoe. What do you do when God bless somebody you are mad at? You know this person is no good. You know he's done everything to sabotage your effort. What do you do when you turn around? And you still see God blessing him. Have you ever thought because you are mad at somebody, you expect God to be mad at him also? Maybe I'm preaching only to my own self today. Have you ever get upset with God when he began to bless somebody that you know you don't deserve. It. You've been putting up with him, washing his drawers, and he's still acting a fool. And now every time you look around, God is blessing him. Oh, I'm going to be real. <laughs> Frustration. You see him with new job. New car, new home. He went to the doctor, clean bill of health. 
And everything is going smooth for him. Even though you know very well he's a no good person. Oh, let me keep it simple. Have you ever prayed about something and you don't get an answer? Been there. I prayed for my own mama. I, I was fully persuaded my mama would leave. I even told everybody, go, go sit down. I know something. And mama died. I'm talking about real life. Frustration. Truth be told, we don't feel it when God seems to be helping somebody on the other side. God instructed him to speak to the rock. And he said, if you speak to the rock, you'll be able to feed your people with water. Translation, yes, you'll have problem. Carry it to God. Not to your wife. Tell God about it. Not crack down on your children. Speak to Jesus, not your children. But guess what? Many of us, instead of speaking to the rock, we'll rather speak to our own loved ones. So I ask you a question this morning. Are you speaking your frustration to the people you love? Instead of speaking to the rock, now everybody in the house is scared of you. They watch you come home, even the dog went and hide. I'm trying to help somebody. Those of you who are parents, are you speaking to your children or are you speaking to the rock of ages? Those of you who are husband, are you speaking to God about your problem or are you taking it on? Your spouse. Even those of you who are wife, are you speaking to the rock or are you speaking to your spouse? No wonder why so many marriages are in trouble. We always find ourselves Fainting to the other person instead of fainting to God. You know what I'm trying to say? And I don't know who's listening to me out there. You have too much of your mouth in your marriage. Don't call me. I don't read your mail. That's the truth. You put your mouth is so much of what is going on in your life, therefore God cannot move. If you're going to scream, if you're going to yell, if you're going to hollow, 
Hallow to God who made you. Not to your children. Not to your spouse. Not to your dog. Brother Pastor, how can you say that? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7, he says if you have any problem, if you are frustrated, cast all your cares. Not upon your wife. Not upon your husband. Cast all your cares upon him. Him meaning Jesus. And the Bible says, he cared for you. One songwriter put it this way. He said, I must tell Jesus. One of the grace that I've received in life is not to nag at my children or my wife. I go through a lot. I don't say much to you. But oh, I've learned to tell God about it. If you don't hear anything else, I want to tell you this morning. Frustration may come in life. Disappointment may come in life. Discouragement may come. When you are frustrated, speak to the rock. And God will bring you out. Please notice in this passage... The people are frustrated at their leader because they have no water. Notice in this passage, the leader, the pastor, is frustrated at the people because they are nagging, they are murmuring. In other words, everybody is frustrated. And notice a time when you are frustrated, you have a right to be frustrated been there. Moses had a right to be frustrated at these people. Why? Because frustration is a sign of investment. <laughs> Try to help somebody. Have you noticed nobody gets frustrated on anything you've not invested in? Just think about it. Somebody comes to you and tells you the, the stock market just crashed and you ain't got no money in it. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> it's just another day in the neighborhood. You will not be frustrated because you had nothing in the market. If you don't understand that, remember Sarah in the Bible. Sarah came to Abraham and said to him, get rid of that woman. Talking about Hagar. Get rid of her. Get rid of her child. I don't want none of them in my house. You know why she could say that? She had no investment. While she was screaming and yelling, get rid of both of them. A little baby, send them to the desert. I don't care if she died. But look at Abraham. The Bible says Abraham was moaning and groaning. You know why? Because Abraham had an investment in what's going on. 
Take note. Whenever you have an investment in something, somewhere along the way, frustration will come. Why? Because an investment creates expectation. Are you listening to me? And expectation may lead to disappointment. Those of us who are parents, we can write a book about that. You infest your time. You infest your money. You infest your resources. You infest your, your sweat, your tears on a child. And then the child is still acting up. You become frustrated. I happen to be an educator. I see I am over what you call student affairs at the university. So I have to deal with parents every day. And they were calling. Some of them infested their last dime so that that child can get good education. And, and yet that child will come in acting ugly and breaking rules. Things that mommy and daddy would never do. What do you do when you are confronted with life's frustration? What is my message to you, ladies and gentlemen? You need to know even a child, if that child is disappointed long enough, guess what? That child will become frustrated. Am I right about it? A husband will become frustrated. You may think we come to church, we all shout, we all dressed up, we smile, we smell good, but don't be fooled. There are some of these men are frustrated. When you're facing all kinds of disappointment, you expect things. From your spouse, from your children, even on your job. Same thing with wives. Some of these sisters infested their entire life. They gave up so much. Expecting you to do better. And instead of doing better, things are getting worse. It's frustrating. A lot of Christians you see in church. And they look pretty on the outside. But on the inside, there's a rage. There's a heart screaming. Is there anything else that somebody can help me with? You know why people are frustrated? Because they infested so much. You know why people are frustrated? Because not only do they infest so much, they expect so much. When I get frustrated with my children, it's because I infested so much. I grew up with a dream to be retired at the age 50. I'm now older than 60, still having to work. Because I infested in them. 
So you expect, you expect. You don't let nobody lie to you. You have expectation in that marriage. You have expectation in your children. You have expectation in your business. You have, ex- as a pastor, I expect a lot from this church. And when you expect so much, and you get, get out so little, the result is frustrating. Ladies and gentlemen, you ever wonder why people scream at the television? It's just a box. <laughs> Well, at the, at, the, at the risk of offending somebody, uh, a year or two ago, uh, the New Orleans Saints, they made it to semi, semi-final. It's a fact. And they were hoping to go to, to the Super Bowl. Am I telling the truth? Oh. Then, seconds... Before the game is over. And they were expecting, they were ready. Who that? Who that? Who that? I sat there, I lie low, I'm just watching the game. I can give you names of members of this church. They were texting me like crazy. Letting me know they're right on their way to the Super Bowl. I had peace with God. Didn't say anything. And the referee made a call. And the game was over. They never made it. I've never seen people scream that loud in my life. You know why they were screaming and yelling? They were frustrated. Now I have a confession to make. I hope you all will still love me. I wasn't frustrated. (laughs) Oh, glory. You know why? Because I had no investment. If you have no investment in something, it won't bother you. But God is such a good God. And lo and behold, this year, my own team made it to the, to the playoff. Oh, what a time, what a time. I just knew in my spirit, we'll go all the way. And I was going to make the choir sing, oh, when the saints... <laughs> And bless God, the game was on the line. Few seconds. My team was rushing to get out. They wanted to strike the ball. The referee said, game I'm talking about frustration. (laughs) 
even Christians do get frustrated. I don't mind telling you as your pastor, I know what it is to be frustrated. One of the reasons why I'm effective in what I do is because I've learned to take people only to where I have been. And I don't mind being transparent. Frustration is real. When you cannot find a job, it's frustrating. When you when you do everything to find your husband and the phone is not ringing, don't let nobody deceive you. It's frustrating. When you invest years on a job with a company and you're not getting promoted, and yet you see people who are less qualified, less competent, Getting promoted in the same company. Yes, I said it. It's frustrating. If you ever invest in anything, whether it's a company, whether it's a ministry, you give more than two decades of your life to anything, it will frustrate the daylight out of you. What do you do when you put in the time and you don't get the result that you're expecting? What do you do if you're good to somebody and they turn around and hurt you? You give them a ride when they needed a ride. And your car is down. Now you need a ride from them. They won't even pick up the call. What do you do when you're in a relationship? You give your very best. And yet your very best is never enough. It's frustrating. Frustration, ladies and gentlemen, is disappointment on the inside. It's like something is itching in you, but you can't even scratch it. Ladies and gentlemen, frustration is when disappointment is hiding in your chest. You're saying to yourself, I thought things would be better by now. I thought by now I will own my own car. I thought by now I will be happily married. I thought by now I will own my own house. Even Christians 
get frustrated. Frustration come from what you thought would have happened by now. Now, let me suggest to you, failure to deal with your frustration will lead to, to, to more failure. And I regret to tell you the reason why I'm teaching Christians how to mature, in case you don't know, you're paying for it, but thousands of people are listening to your pastor. Because people are real. They don't want a religion. They want a relationship. They want somebody that will tell it like it is. Don't need to be going tiptoeing around you. Hey, Jesus loved me. He died and he died. I've been hearing that all my life. Doggone it. Can somebody tell me what is God's plan to pay my rent? Can somebody tell me how do I deal with Brother Baba? Things are getting worse. And you say, oh, I'm going to the cross now. He died. Oh, yes, he died. You're right. <laughs> For the sake of time, let me give you some quick tips on how to deal with your frustration. I'm doing the same thing. Number one, learn to breathe. Sir! Come on, sir! Take a deep breath. You know why that is important? Because there's a chemistry in your brain. That every studies, you know, your, your, your past is deep now, you know. It's not just somebody <laughs> just, just reading Sunday school lesson. Please. Take some time. Take a deep breath. Relax. You know why she could say that? I've been preaching that for 20-something years. Calm down. Things will happen. God is my witness. And you all know my family. You can ask them. Things will happen. Everybody freaking out. I say, this Negro is going to bathe. God told Abraham. Abraham is trying to cut a covenant with God. And he he made a sacrifice. He lined the sacrifice up. But Abraham noticed the birds are coming down to eat his sacrifice. So he stayed up all night, finding the birds away, trying to keep them away, trying to, and he's getting tired. God said, son, go to sleep. You want to deal with frustrations of life? <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two, ladies and gentlemen, you need to change your perspective. See your disappointment as temporary. See anything happening to you, not a failure, but delayed success. You know how somebody said, I've had some good days? 
But he fessed up. He said, I've had some bad days. He said, but when I look around <laughs> and I really think things over, all my good days outweigh my bad days. Do I have a witness in the house? I won't complain. Change your perspective. One songwriter put it this way. He may not come. <laughs> see, when you see me get upset with the choir, I, what I'm saying to them is that you are singing some deep revelation. But don't just sing it. Leave it. Listen to your own self. Wouldn't it be sad if I'm preaching a sermon, but I'm not, I'm not listening to my own self. I'm not walking what I'm preaching. Amen. Then I become just a noisemaker. Ascending chambers, symbols. The best of holiness should come from this time. The best of success story should come from this time. Because I listen to what you're saying. He may not come when you want him. But oh, I brought you some good news. I say I brought me some good news. He's always on time. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, for the sake of time, let me give you a few more tips. Learn to speak to the rock. You are too busy talking to yourself. Speak to the rock. Where do I go when there's nobody else to talk to? Who do I? You see, you sing it. I'm listening. I say, man, there's some serious revelation here. The songwriter said, I'll go to the rock of my salvation. I'll go to the stone. The builder rejected. That's how you deal with frustration. I don't know about you. I'm tired of it. He said, she said, I'm saying, who are these people? Here you are, you're having marriage problem, and then you go to somebody who's been divorced four times. What does she know? Hey, don't turn me up. I don't read mails anymore. The Lord said, no, you need more time to read the Bible. Let the secretary do that. I had, true story, I had one company. I paid them $350 per month. And all their job is to, to do my Facebook. I don't have time. So many of you will say, Oh, I chat with pastor today. That ain't me. Please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't call the police yet. Let the 
say, oh, I'm running out of time. Another thing you need to learn to do is to accept reality. Sometimes Christians will live in a denial. Learn to accept reality. David was praying and fasting so that his child would live. But when that child died, he accepted reality. He got up. He said, get me some Buddha. Get me some Popeye chicken. Let's eat. <laughs> you're, you're, you're <laughs> you think I'm the only one that like Popeye. Another thing, maybe I won't time for. You need to learn, ladies and gentlemen, to count your blessings. If you really step back and reflect and look at the whole picture. Then you will, you will find out your good days and where's your bad days. So stop complaining. Stop murmuring. So count your blessing. And something else, I will, I will strongly suggest, I've been saying this for years and years, sometimes people hear, sometimes people don't. Surround yourself with positive people. You know why that is important? You show me your friend, I can show you your future. Are you all still here? Is that Deacon? That's my miracle. Did you all see Deacon Brown? You better shout. You better thank God. I know I'm on TV, forget TV. That's a walking miracle. Everybody, get on your feet. Give God the glory. You need to learn to thank God. When you see a miracle, you have to thank God for a miracle. We were praying and now God answer your prayer. How dare you sit down? Now you may be seated. I don't care. If TV people, they get over it. Learn to surround yourself with positive people. You know why? You can get good advice. But if you surround yourself with negative people, I'll be honest with you, I get frustrated when preachers will come here and be saying ugly things. I make a mental note not to invite them back. I'm just being blunt with you. I don't like negative stuff. I don't like a child that just, oh, how many people died today? How many people in sick bed? God is my witness. In my early days in this church, I shut it down. Why will you be giving the devil publicity? 
when God is doing a lot of good things. But nobody wants to talk about that. Surround yourself with positive people. People that you know who are good. If I'm a woman, I won't date a loser. Yes, I said it. I would rather be single and be all by myself than to hang out with that. You know, you draw good energy from positive people. Oh, I'm out of time. I'm sorry. I've been out of time. Oh, by the way, you know something else I would would recommend, Sister Gill? Learn to treat yourself. You don't have to have a day to go to a dinner. Learn to treat yourself. Go get your massage. Take a vacation. Just just steal away. Sometimes when I'm treating my own self and people call me, we got this problem. I say, I hear you, I feel you, I'll get back. <laughs> Treat yourself. I don't know, there's some places you can they can take care of your skin, you know. I don't know what they call it. Spa. Spa. Enjoy life. Don't allow the burdens of this world to weigh you down. God is faithful. He's healed you before. He can do it again. Do I have a witness in the house? When it's all over, I recommend Jesus. Jesus in the morning. Jesus at noon. Jesus in the evening. Jesus at nighttime. When the skies are falling, don't let the devil mess up your day. Don't let the devil have the last word. The Bible said, let the weak say, I am strong. It's not over yet. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Have faith in God. If you keep your faith, your faith will keep you. I'm out. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm out. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to pray with somebody. Maybe you like me. You know what it is to be frustrated. And you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to speak to the rock. Just for a few minutes before we leave. That's what I want us to do. We've been speaking to our own self. We've been speaking to everybody else that cannot help us. But we want to speak to the rock. The first thing you need to learn to do is to be honest with the rock. That's why we ask people, do you believe that I can do this? Sometimes Jesus, we ask, the rock, we ask you, (laughs) do you really want to be made whole? See, not everybody wants to be made whole. 
But if you're here, say, Brother Pastor, you're telling the truth. I've been there. I know what it is. Some even say, not in the past, even right now. You're the one that God sent me to. Find your way to the altar. You want to speak to the rock. Instruction to Moses, the pastor, speak to the rock. Yes, you get frustrated. Yes, I know what it is. I've been there. Was so mad one time I buy my own teeth. He said, Speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. That's what you need to do. Speak to the rock. Reverend, can I be brutally honest with you? I was talking to one of my friends the other day. He said, Dr. Dara, you look tired. I said, No, sir, I'm not tired, but I'll tell you what I am. I'm frustrated. He said, how can I help you? I said, you can help me. But Jesus can. And then he came back later on. He said, Dr. Dad, can you tell me what you're frustrated about? I said, I want me a grandkid. You got to be real. You can't be walking around. I see you're, you're living a bubble. Oh, God is good. Ah, praise the Lord. The devil is alive. If you confess me before men and women of this world, I will confess you before my father who is in heaven. Father, I need to go to this. Who is this? You did it. Come, come, come. Get to the pastor today. See, I belong. I belong with it. Ain't no shame in my game. I'm frustrated about something. I was talking to Minister Terrence. He asked me, say, hey, Pop, what you preaching about? I said, I'm preaching about frustration. He said, I asked you so I can figure out what song will fit. That's why he called me. He's there. You can ask him. And when I told him, he said, wow. Then he texts me back. He said, Pastor, you know, I want to thank you. I said, what do I do this time? He said, I thank you that you are transparent. That's a young man that knows this, this is serious stuff. Don't pretend as if everything is fine. When deep inside of you, Jesus, the rock, take it to the rock. First of all, before we can take it to the rock, we have to be associated with the rock. So if there's one, you hadn't accepted that rock as your Lord and Savior, right now is a good time. Right now is a good time to cast your cares upon him for he cares for you so we're going to just say for those that may want to come 
make Jesus a part of your life right now. And, and, and I'm confessing with your mouth and believe in your heart that God sent his son, that he came, he died, and he rose for us. Invite him into your life right now, and he'll accept you right now. He is a right now God. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for those that may have called upon your name right now. Father, we just come right now casting all our cares upon you, Lord, thanking you that you are God that cares for us, Lord. Father, sometimes we do come to get frustrated with the things that the devil is doing to us, killing and stealing, destroying our lives and our families and our loved ones. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your confident spirit right now. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way right now, Lord. We move by your spirit right now in this place, Lord. Touch right now, Lord. Touch right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Those that are standing before this altar right now, Lord, you know their needs. You know everything about them right now, Lord. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit will move and just habitate upon each one of them right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving frustrations out of our lives right now. Lord, we're just going to look unto you, Father. Looking unto the hills. Oh, Lord, we thank you that all our help come from you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now we thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders that's being performed right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for healing right now, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for peace right now. Father, we thank you, Father, for joy. We realize we've been made do for a night, but joy. Thank you for your joy this morning, Lord. Have your way in this place, Lord. We give you... Father, we pray for the man of God right now. <laughs> Father, we thank you for that man of God that just opened up his life unto us, Lord, and help us right now. Father, we pray that you will refill him right now. Refuel him right now. Let your Holy Spirit fill him right now, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit moving on his life right now, Father. Fill him right now, Lord. Fill him. Fill him with you, glory. Father, that he may continue to give us a word right now, Lord. We thank you for it right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We believe that it's done. We believe that it's done. So we believe that it's done right now, Lord, and we thank you right now. We give you the praise, we give you the honor, and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Ah. This concludes our service for the day. Before you leave this place, we would like to benedict the pastor and his wife. If you uh, accepted Jesus as your Lord or you want to become a part of this ministry right now, the, wife, uh, the pastor and his wife will be up front here. You can come up and, and they'll fellowship you and give you the right hand or fellowship. Or, and we just thank you right now, Father. And we pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move in our lives, Lord. Father, let your angel of mercy be encamped around us as we leave this place. Father, forever be in your presence, Lord. We thank you for it right now. We thank you for traveling grace as we leave and go toward our homes, Lord. And we thank you that when we get home, all is well, Lord. And we'll continue to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Surrender it.